0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 573 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here on the Ones and the Twos sweeping the quarter hours. How's everyone doing today?
0: I'm doing good. We're doing a comic book podcast. Oh, I was looking at the wrong spreadsheet. I thought we were doing something else.
1: So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I think I could I can handle it. See, I keep your pay in a text file, not a spreadsheet. That's, oh, that's okay. the difference. Well,
0: that's, that's how you do it.
1: I do. I, I keep, uh, oh, you know, when you get your cut of the money, of all the monies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, um,
0: I, know, I know what to say.
1: Yeah, I know you know what to say.
0: And now it's burned in my brain where that came from. I'll never forget it. Good.
1: Uh, Reading stuff that we're going to talk about on the show and watching stuff that we're going to talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, I was almost going to put the explicit tag on this uh, episode. Okay. (laughs) But I think I can have uh, self-control.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Because some of the things that we'll be talking about this week include... uh, is Marvel going to save fake-free comic book day? What's going on with Marvel and IDW? And James Tinian announces a project for his Substack. Mm. We're going to talk about that. We have conventions to discuss that are happening this weekend. We have digital sales to discuss. We have what we read from this past week, which includes Kang the Conqueror, number two, and Primordial, number one, as opposed to Prime Ordeal, number one, which is a completely <laughs> different book. Right. What we're looking forward to coming out this week. Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, Todd's Art Attack. An update on the pigskin Pickums. Right. I was saying at the beginning of the show. That's my <laughs> way to attempt to remember it.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, uh, big spoiler-filled TV talk, uh, with the most recent episode as of this recording of Stargirl, and not one, not two, but three episodes of Why the Last Man, so we's both all caught up.
0: Right, right. Should be a quick show, though, Joe.
1: And it's been jinxed. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so, Marvel, uh, they had books planned and scheduled to come out for, uh, Halloween Comic Fest, aka Fake Free Comic Book Day, that was actually supposed to come out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we discussed in the show last week or the week before, uh, Diamond has decided to what's uh, what would be the Halloween version of a Grinch?
0: Of a Grinch? Um, a a Goblin? I don't know. A Green Goblin?
1: No, that's someone like that. And again, it would have to be something like the anti antithesis. Antith- of uh, you know what Halloween is all about, you know. Okay, we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, Sug- suggestions on the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a nightmare. Um, so, um, Marvel though already had these books published and whatever and ready to go. Uh, so if you had ordered those from Marvel, they're still sending them to the shops, and they're just like, nah, eh, give them out whenever. Right. So, yay, Marvel's still trying to keep uh, Halloween Comic Fest extravaganza alive with uh, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Uh, preview of the new Kate Spencer Hawkeye book that's coming out. Uh, preview of the Daredevil stuff that's currently going on and the Star Wars something or other. I don't know. There's a lot of Star Hi, Wars comics out.
0: High Republic.
1: High Republic. <laughs> right. I thought it's different
0: than that goodbye Republic.
1: Right. There's a, there's a lot of star Wars books that uh Marvel puts out and it's just like a corner of the universe that I'm not reading these days.
0: Yeah. And just on that, like they just had that uh, war of the bounty hunters crossover that went through like the min the war of the bounty hunters, miniseries, star Wars, Darth Vader, uh, uh, Afra, like, and then a bunch of like one shots. I was like, I would have maybe read this, if it wasn't like a kajillion
1: books yeah like i think in the solicitations i'm like oh it's a one shot um of ig88 i would read that
0: Mm-hmm. but then like you know they had the other bounty hunters and new ones and i was like but man that's a lot of books that's just a lot of books
1: so. yeah but, it is a lot of books but that's but, okay well
0: but at least they'll have something to give to uh kids in comic shops around halloween so that is kind of
1: cool you know what i mean yes absolutely so speaking of uh star wars and the marvel books and so forth uh just this past week idw announced that like uh dc it is dc that's going with uh penguin uh random house right i believe yes so they have announced that they are no longer we're going to be distributing through Diamond um, as of June of next year. So there's still some time, right? Right.
0: Isn't it Marvel
1: that was going through Penguin Random House? Marvel, that's what it is. My DC apology. was Lunar, I'm sorry, yes. and the other so, one. I get which it. makes this whole thing even weirder as the story continues, right? Right. right. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. No, on. it's okay. Co- please, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to go back and edit mistakes out, you know? Okay. Unless they're really egregious. Mm-hmm. So IDW has announced that they are going uh, Penguin Random House, but unlike Marvel, who are doing it in addition to Diamond, IDW is going exclusively through them starting in June of next year, right? Right. So uh, interesting move. Uh, You know, it's weird when I go to the lunar site to try to grab all the DC books that might be coming out this week. (laughs) I see like the random Ahoy books and so forth in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But as that announcement came out, it was also announced that IDW was no longer going to be doing the Marvel action, which was like the Marvel All Ages line, and the Star Wars Adventures, the Star Wars All Ages line. Right. So it's weird that they, Marvel and IDW, are now both working for like, you know, with Penguin Random House, but Marvel is pulling stuff away from IDW.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I just chalk it up. Honestly, in my mind, coincidence that the contracts run out on IDW doing these books. uh, They'll just go like they'll be at boom or whatever. Like because I just don't see Marvel wanting to do the young like the the younger QuickBooks, like just license them out. And this is the kind of stuff that like you kind of see not only at IDW, like I I could see maybe them doing where it's just on in digest size at the stores and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But I I don't know. I don't see any ominous thing with it. I just think it's coincidence of them going over and a contract running out.
1: Well, listen, Todd, in recent weeks, I've become one of those just asking question guys. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And when I see a bunch of things like this line up, I just ask questions. Right. You're just
0: asking questions. I get it.
1: Right. I don't mean any ill will. I don't assume that there's anything notorious or nefarious going on. I'm just asking questions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it'll be interesting to see if and where those all-ages books go, because we've talked here before um, that obviously there is some sort of market for it, or they wouldn't be published, but obviously it's not enough of a market for Marvel to actually publish them themselves. Right. So it's interesting to see, because, well, no, the Disney stuff was with boom before the marvel acquisition yes but it'll be interesting to see if marvel is just going to pick this stuff up themselves if they're going to go to another publisher or this is just the end of the line i wonder
0: if it's kind of the i wonder if like it is the end of the line in that like the contract's up whatever but it's just like i don't want to say star wars is played out because it'll never be played out, but maybe they just they're like, yeah, we we just need a bit of a breather. But
1: that doesn't sound like Disney with their stuff, though. Right. So, but it's like I get you on the on the on the story stuff, but the Marvel stuff is another story. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is just them adapting old story storylines or story arcs in kind of like an all ages fashion. Right. So, one would assume that there's always a market for, like, little kids to buy comic books. Hopefully. Right. And if this is your starter comic book, one would hope that these, you know, and I think they distributed them through, like, schools and stuff. They would be, like, school libraries, maybe. With schools being shut down last year, there was no need to have physical product in their stores. I don't know. Again, I'm just asking questions.
0: Right. Hopefully they'll give them out for riff if they do that still. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh going door to door and selling grit.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, that was Grit was the precursor to riff. Mhm. Uh but anyway, uh last but not least here in the news, uh James Tinney the 4th has announced uh with his Substack, he is doing a spin-off of Department of Truth entitled entitled wild fictions uh spinning out of uh, recent issues of the uh Department of Truth that we're dealing with like bigfoots and stuff right uh the uh first issue is gonna come out uh October first uh free for everyone and then it's gonna be every other month alternating with the blue book, which is The story of, and again, there was a little bit known about it, uh, but it was the story of, and again, I'm kicking myself that I don't know the name off the top of my head, the couple who um, saw the first UFO, uh, Benny and Barney Hill. Okay. So, um, So my issue there is I probably am not going to sign up for that because... I felt as though that story in Department of Truth was the weakest of them. Right. Um, I don't know if the story itself was bad or if it was enough of a departure from what the book was. Or the characters that were introduced didn't resonate with me. Or maybe a lot of times like when James Tinian tells these stories and we talked before on how he does using different mediums in the book itself with. Uh, a nice house by the lake. Right. Where it's just not your normal comic book panel structure. There's other things that are involved, whether it be social media feeds or physical notes or press clippings or things like that. I felt as though those the Bigfoot storyline relied too heavy on that. And it was less a comic book, but it was more of him telling a prose story with very little actual comic in it.
0: I agree, but I think where the diary worked, it worked amazing. Yeah, but it was too much, and I don't like when people use cur- cursive diary stuff or any written stuff in their book because it becomes tough to read at some point. But uh, yeah, I I, I liked it and I hated that, but I totally get what you mean.
1: Yeah, I'll well, definitely I, check out the first issue for free.
0: Um. Okay, here's where, you know, Todd gets a little negative and we try not to do this on the show. But I might be jumping off Department of Truth. <gasps> really? Yeah, I feel a bit betrayed, and that's overstating it. But if you're going to take the book that I've supported and do a spin-off, which spin-off's kind of like what's the word I'm looking for like deter me from getting the book. It's one of the reasons I don't read Black Hammer. Everybody says it's amazing, but there's way too much Black Hammer stuff um, where it's like, okay, now I got to go over here to read another part of the story. And it's it's something that, you know, I'm I'm an old and I'm not down with. So uh, like, all right, now maybe you'll have physical copies down the line. But I'm like, this is already too much work for me to read your story. So if you're going to do part of the story over here and part of the story over here, I almost don't want any of the story if you get what i'm trying to say i do so it's gonna be tough as long as they like if any point he weaves like i'll give it a try but if any point he weaves where i'm reading the 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 print book and it's like i kind of get lost or i have to go over there and i'm like i'm gone it it's a short short leash on department of truth now oh boy I just, I just don't want to, I don't even want to dip my toe in these waters.
1: I get you. No, listen, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just uh reporting the news. I'm just asking questions and mm-hmm. uh, I uh, appreciate your, uh, your, your input on that because, you know, you mentioned Black Hammer and yeah, Black Hammer is like up to three issues a month essentially, but they're all from the same publisher. They're all um you know by the same creative team for the most part uh like 90 percent is by jeff lemire right and there's no new astro city and it's like as close to astro city as is currently being published so like i'm sticking with it no that's no problem
0: but you get what i'm talking like if if he had done this at
1: uh image yeah i probably would have bought it yeah, if it was a separate miniseries. Yeah. that's Or what I'm they to say. just did, like, oh, Department of Truth is on hiatus for four months while I do this.
0: Right. So something like that. And I'd be more, you know, applicable to pick it up. But, and like I said, I'm not trying to bag on Black Hammer because, like, everybody that I talk to loves it. But when it seemed to get out of control, that's when I was like, I don't think I really want to do this. So it's more that there's too much of that, even though it's really, really good, where I could read a bunch of a bunch of different good instead of multiple, the same good I, I, variety. That's what I'm looking for. For sure. So I'm all over the place, but you No, no,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, I completely uh, get what you're saying. Okay. So that's uh, what we read from this, or that's, uh, bleh, that's the news. <laughs> right. Oof. I'm looking at, you know, mm-hmm. I'm clicking links making sure they don't autoplay. Right?
0: That's where I get the free digital books and sales still stuck in my head. So, I'm on autopilot when when I do this stuff.
1: Yes, yes. Um so conventions this weekend. Uh not so much well, Big Apple Comic Book Con in New York City, right? Mhm. This will be the only Northeast appearance of uh Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Right. So if you're a fan of them and their work and the things that they do, this is going to be your only chance to see them uh, in your area.
0: There was a 50-50 chance that me and the art collector were going to go to this con.
1: Ah. But
0: this weekend, our football teams are playing. Our favorite football teams are playing. So we're going to go do that instead. We don't have, he don't, he's married. doesn't have time to do both.
1: He had to pick one. Yes. And he so, picked the one that didn't re, didn't uh, cause him to go out of state.
0: Yes, and cost a lot of money, so.
1: Right. Uh, but also, uh, this weekend is RetroCon in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Not so much a comic book convention, more of a pop culture thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your 80s stuff is going to be going on there. Uh, the big guest there would be uh, William Cat.
0: Ooh, greatest American hero.
1: Right. And uh the thousand dollar broski himself, the former Matt Ru- um, Zach Ryder Matt Cardona.
0: Oh, Deathmatch Legend?
1: Deathmatch Legend and 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 uh Todd sadly, uh he's already sold the piece of glass that he pulled out of his skin that's been in there for two months.
0: Oh well, at least we know where it's at. It's in a detolf up the road from me.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm shocked that it's not, is all <laughs> I can say. Right. He's waiting on something a little bit more personal.
0: Oh, uh, light tubes, broken light tubes?
1: No, no. Let's just say maybe a shared experience between Broski and poor Chelsea when that oh. goes up online.
0: Right, right. Oh, I know too much.
1: You do. It's <laughs> it's a, It's a shame that you know too much. Yep. But if you're in our area and you're going to RetroCon, there's a very good chance that you might run into uh, Kevin Hellions and the rest of his crew from the House Show podcast. Mass Library, Uh, Kevin puts up stuff of the finds out at thrift stores, Walmarts, Ollie's, those comic packs. Reviews of some of the lesser-known books that we don't cover here. Uh, Some on-the-rise crowdfunding projects, that sort of thing. But uh, Kevin and his whole crew will be – at RetroCon this weekend. So if you're going. Look for them. And uh, say hi. Tell them we sent ya. Yep. Uh, you. Yep. You could also check out. Rick Williams. The Chop Shop. Uh, with all the cool. Uh, resin. And glow in the dark. Stuff that he does. Uh, sci-fi. Fantasy. Wrestling. Related. Uh, Jason Sandberg. And Chris Runt. Uh. Longtime listeners of this show both have published comic books, Jupiter and Battle Monsters, respectively, and the links to those comics are right in the show notes for every one of these episodes, uh, as well as the link to our local comic book shop, Comics on the Green, uh, who are currently nominated uh, through Diamond for, uh, what's the exact thing? Uh, Most muscular, what is it? No. No, Uh, no. Best Back. Yes, best display. Yes, yes. I thought it was just best back.
0: No, it was best back issue. I thought it was uh, best dachshund, but that's a different category. Um, Right, I don't think
1: Diamond gives out an award for that.
0: They should. They should.
1: So if you are a listener of the show and an industry professional, uh, however it is that you vote on that, vote for our comic book shop. Uh, He has a very nice, clean, and orderly store, which, you know... Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to say, but you do. And you know, brightly lit, clean, like you said, open spaces, multiple and you,
0: exits. And you know what? I and I'll always say this. I'll never take anything away from our comic shop. Very inviting, very friendly. Like uh, no, like like a lot of female uh, customers. Have, I've always said like they feel very comfortable. In the shop, you know what I mean. Like when in in an, in a hobby that you know that's not an often the case. So uh, always, you know, thumbs up to our shop the way it handles business and treating their customers.
1: Oh, for sure. I've told you, and I've probably told on the show before, uh, but it bears repeating. Uh, in a pre-avengers making comics acceptable for everyone world. When my wife and I were out on the back issue hunt, and we would stop at one of the other two comic book shops in our general vicinity. hmm And the times when my wife would go in by herself, it was like a record scratching, and the entire store stopping and just staring at her the entire time that she was in. Yep. Totally. Those two stores don't exist no more.
0: Nope. And ours, if a woman walks in, it's like, yeah, I've seen this, done that. You know what I mean?
1: Uh-huh. Uh, but, and again, if you don't have a comic book shop in your area or you don't have a good comic book shop in your area and you want comics, Dave and the crew at Comics on the Green do a very brisk, very thorough uh, subscription mail order business and picking up in person, whether you do it weekly, whether you do it monthly, just as long as you go and actually pick up your books. And if you're getting stuff sent to you, there's a chance that you might get a sketch from our friend Becky. Uh, you can check out her work and progress all over her social media and of course don't forget to check out soon to be named network.com soon to be named network.tumblr.com all the shows friends of ours uh dog over on wings on wings said one day we should name the network that is the name it's soon to be named yes uh but the shows there as mentioned wings on wings uh, we Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Plays, Add Odds with Wrestling, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Porch Talk, and Hit My Music. Yes. And anytime any of these folks from those shows appear on other shows and they let me know, it all shows up over at soon I know uh, Adam of Add Odds with Wrestling, Brett of Final Wrestling, or of uh, We Need Wrestling, and Tim of a final wrestling place were recently pitted against each other in a 2000 world championship wrestling draft show uh where they let the fans vote (laughs) on uh who had the best show best being a very liberal use of the show of the word uh there's a bit on the show where you could draft a wild card right Mm -hmm. yep You could draft anyone who was an active professional wrestler in any company of the year that you were drafting from.
0: Right. I believe I know who uh, someone drafted because I think they ran it by me. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, that's the I was crediting Adam that he did all of his madness by himself. Well, he didn't like
0: offer like my advice, but he told me early on like I was I'm a confidant, if you will, to his madness. Not so much a contributor.
1: Right, you didn't deter him, but you didn't encourage him either. No, I'm
0: the Switzerland of wrestling right now.
1: Oh, gotcha. Right, uh, Adam drafted himself. Yep, brilliant. I heard that's a he word.
0: He broke the show. I heard again.
1: Uh, they should no stop putting it there.
0: They should stop putting it back together because he's just going to break it again and again and again.
1: No comment there either. <laughs> um so like i said all the links to all that stuff is in the show notes of every one of these episodes uh digital sales this week uh include marvel having a sale on onslaught remember onslaught everyone i do the thing that um caused the heroes reborn universe fixed the heroes reborn universe i think it caused the heroes reborn it caused the heroes reborn universe i knew it was one of those things uh jeff lemire stuff at dark horse as we were just talking about that's where all that black hammer stuff lives uh dark horse having a sale also on stranger things stuff is stranger things coming back it just wrapped up filming like two or three weeks ago because
0: shockingly i i follow a bunch of winona Ryder twitters so that involve her so yes i think it should be i'm gonna say for like around october halloween time it should be back
1: Cool. I assumed that they, if they were doing this, there was either a new series or the show was soon to be coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valiant having a sale on Harbinger, IDW having a sale on My Little Pony stuff, and DC having a sale on Neil Gaiman stuff. Right. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, you got your Sandman, you got your Sandman Mystery Theater somehow worked in there a little bit. You got your books of uh, magic. And then, uh, you know, you got the weird and the sundry uh, DC regular universe stuff that uh, Neil Gaiman did. Right. I uh, I see what of the items that they sell. And obviously there's just, you know, we're just adding everything that exists. The catalog just gets put up in whole cloth, right? Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that there is a hardcover collection that you could purchase of the covers of sandman right that you could also purchase digitally right so what i don't know you could buy
0: anything digitally that you could buy in hardcover almost
1: i know i think though you could probably google those and just like save them as like jpegs or something i don't know
0: No, i get you but it's nice to have that on the shelf you know i guess
1: if you if you're a fan of right it's nice to have on the shelf physical shelf uh having on your digital shelf uh you know
0: yeah i mean i get what you're saying on that i thought you meant all around like no no a collection of covers
1: i I probably have one of the early collections of that sort of thing you know but it's a physical hardcover it's an oversized thing it looks pretty
0: no i get you now i'm on board i'm on board
1: sometimes i don't think i'm clear on this show
0: sometimes i don't perceive things clearly it might be it might be on the receiver not the you know the transmitter so
1: gotcha so let's get into what we read this week uh todd and i just looked at the covers of right uh where would you like to begin
0: i'm going to start with the book i was looking forward to most primordial number one by jeff lemire and andrea sorrentino Um, The book basically takes place in 1961, uh, an alternate time, you know, 1961, where this Dr. Pembroke shows up at Cape Canaveral to pretty much disassemble the space program, and he thought he was there to revive it, but there... Uh, taking it apart because they had sent two uh, monkeys into space uh, early on and they disappeared. And they were talking about how Russia shut down their program because the dog that they sent into space that went sideways and through a series of events, this doctor, like, you know, going through data and, and finding out which computers are worth selling and, and other stuff finds out that the, Maybe the animals didn't die and something's up and he ends up, you know, calling up or ups and they're like, just ignore it. And then somebody calls him and says, well, uh, maybe everything you know about the space race is a lie. And this is maybe what happened. And we get into the whole what if kind of a deal. Um, I wouldn't say this was an amazing issue. Uh, it was a nuts and bolts first issue of the miniseries. I like some of the stuff that Andrea Sorrentino does with like the 2001 Space Odyssey kind of like uh, weird things with space travel and the way things uh, he 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 lays out pages at times. I'm not going to say I was blown away by it but I am a fan of alternate fiction, histor- historical fiction so I'm going to read more of it and especially like kind of the cliffhangery thing with, you know, maybe what's happened to the animals. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna say I loved it, but for me it's, you know, the kind of stuff that I like. So I'm gonna keep going.
1: Uh, I liked it too. Um, so I like the fact that like there was a mystery, okay? Right. I like the way that our lead character, um, were the, the the doctor whomever it was right dr Pembroke yeah so I like the way that he kind of figured stuff out and again being an asking question guys uh, an asking questions guy myself mm-hmm. uh, I liked the fact that he was asking questions uh obviously it's a six issue mini so you got to get to the reveal of what's being covered up qu- sooner mm-hmm. than later right Um, I just feel as though we got to even a little bit of that maybe too soon. I think we could have did something where a majority of the first like two, maybe even like two and a half issues are all the conspiracy and the cover up. And then like at the midpoint of the book, as opposed to the end of issue one, is where we get our punch of what is being covered up.
0: Right. I get you. Uh, I just think like and we're not solicit guys, but like it's like right in the solicits and like uh, the way they promoted the book. So I'm like, we're going to get to it. I, I just think maybe it could have been done a little bit better in the first issue. That's you know the way I disagree with you. But I get what you're saying. It could have been done. I think it either should have been done better or done your way. That's all.
1: Right. My way, I'm not saying my way is better. I'm just saying from a pacing standpoint, I just feel as though if this wasn't a six-issue miniseries, it probably would have been laid out better, and I think it would have worked a little bit better that way.
0: I agree, because if it was if it was more than a miniseries, it probably would have been the cliffhanger of the first trade instead right. of the first issue.
1: So my book uh, that I read from this past week was Kang the Conqueror number 2. Uh, Written by Jackson Lansing and Colleen Kelly. Art by Carlos Manco. Uh, This is the continuing adventures of a pre-Kang Kang, Kang, Nathaniel Richards. uh, Traveling through time. uh, I'm assuming to get to like our present day. Uh, Eventually. Uh, This time he starts off in uh, ancient Egypt. And he has a doubly unlikely ally. Uh, one, the ancient Egypt version of Moon Knight. Sadly, we do not get Moon Knight's <laughs> origin in this book. But luckily, any listener of the show knows exactly what Moon Knight's origin is. I'll break so you can all say it aloud in public. But the Moon Knight of the Egyptian times is revealed to be the Ravona, The woman that kang prime i guess uh had been pining over uh the one woman that he let into his life uh even though this kang is now on the second woman he's about to let into his life which is ravona uh knowing that things are going to end poorly um and of course rama tut shows up uh he our you know our kang i guess our protagonist kang this gets so confusing exactly with his his time travel stuff he's he has the iron lad armor that he had during young avengers and then he alters that into like some sort of like 60s superhero comic to be the right hand man of kang prime as kang prime shows up as rama tut now i'll say this while being a kang fan a lot of these older stories where whoever this is that young kang our kang is dressed up as I have no clue who this is
0: right and I believe he is a version of Kang so I don't but I don't know I'll have to talk to, to Scott on that because he would probably know. Yeah. But yeah it's so confusing.
1: So but it,
0: so confusing.
1: It's it's so it's not that it's confusing per se, but it's attempting to explain what's going on in this book when there's no less than four different iterations of Kang that are doing things in this book.
0: Right. And then it actually ties into the Rama Tut appearance way back in the Silver Age of, you know, the Fantastic 4. Right. So it's it's I I I I honestly think like this this story, this issue, the first one was great. This issue is trying to serve too many masters.
1: Okay. So I feel I'm with you. I think it's trying to serve too many uh masters, but it's trying to I can't say wrap up because you really can't wrap this sort of stuff up, Mm -hmm. but it's trying to resolve or handle in a way that we could get to these next four issues without being hung up on this stuff that happened in this time period, because so much of Kang's stuff happens during this time frame. Right. And we need to get it done, get it out of the way, and like, let's move on to the next big thing. And if you are a Marvel fan, if you are a fan of people who come from Egypt, you know who else is in this issue. And I thought it was a pretty cool reveal of who uh, young Kang uh, decides to align himself with to take down Kang Prime.
0: Right. And I'm all for the ad at the end for the next issue, so...
1: Oh, yeah, of course, that cover, uh, suitable for framing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so... Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think hopefully we'll get less of the like, you know, gobbledygook like like Kang is the Hawkman of Marvel. You know, like it just (laughs) makes my brain bleed. whenever they try to they try to like explain it. But I'm hoping we could thin some of that out and, you know, having one of the best characters in the history of comics in next issue will fix things.
1: Right, I don't think it's gonna be fit. Like I said, I don't think it's gonna be fixed. I think it's just them trying to say, while this stuff is important, let's not dwell on it.
0: Right. Though I still think everything that we're leading up to is just gonna lead us back to Kang Prime from the beginning. Of course. You know. So it's like it's a lot. If that if if it changes. Okay. If we get back, if this is just a loop, it's a lot of work to get what we're all expecting. So, I'm I'm actually looking forward to see whether they, you know, they can stick the landing on this.
1: So, like I said, I I'm agreeing with you and I say under normal circumstances with a Kang story, that's where I feel that things always need to end up. Mm-hmm. However, because this, you know, this year into the beginning of next, there's that big Kang themed event, right? I feel as though something has to happen here in this miniseries to lead into that. Right. To make and I don't them look- think that it can just be return to status quo.
0: Right. Because it's got to, whatever they're going to do, they got to make them end up being more like the Kang in the TV
1: shows and the movies. So Yes. Synergy. Even though they may not look or talk or whatever the same, they just have to make it close enough. Right. But I liked it not as much as the first issue, but, you know, when you're dealing with a Kang story, there's a lot of, uh, you know, contradictory behavior to deal with.
0: Right. They all can't be Red Tornado stories, Joe.
1: And they all can't be Toy Man stories. And they all can't be. Who's the the other one?
0: I forget on the other ones, but yes. Toy Man,
1: Red Tornado and someone else. Kang. No, Kang is much. He's at least in the top ten, not the top three. Right. So that's what we read this past week. Uh, Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, uh, whether you wait for a collection of just the covers to come out digitally, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I am still in the lead with one correct guess over Todd. Uh, let us look at Todd's list to see. Uh, so I had one initial thoughts, But now I have like three that I could go with. Right. Uh, so I am going to stick with. Okay. I'm going to go with Suicide Squad King Shark number one.
0: It is not King Shark number one. Suicide Squad number one.
1: Okay. Was it, it is... Nightwing? No. Okay. It so. Is... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. It is Red Sonja, Black, White, and Red number three. Aha. Uh-huh. See, I was, I was leaning. Like, so I had those two, and I had uh, Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin, because I know that's, you know, your Turtles. But then I remember a week or two ago you were lamenting that they were stretching that out to be a longer miniseries and you were starting to threadbare on it. Yep, yep. Yeah. But
0: because that is the uh, – that is Gail Simone returning to one of the greatest character runs that she ever did, that's kind of that's why I'm doing it. And I'm guessing the book you're looking forward to most too is also Red Sonia Black, White, and Red number three.
1: It is. Okay. Tied up. Tied up. It's like the previous eight and a half months didn't matter. Mm.
0: It's like every month in my life.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yes, uh, essentially for the reasons that Todd just mentioned, um, you know, as that run from dynamite was going on, the um, Gail Simone, Walter Giovanni, and sometimes other artists run on red Sonya, which ran for a little over two years. Right. Was one of our favorite runs on any comic, I would say, within the last 10 years at the very Mm -hmm. least. And the fact that they're getting one more dance at this character, one more shot at this character, uh, not to say. And again, you know, Dynamite is uh, the company. It's like, oh, you like Betty Page? Well, here's 40 Betty Page comics this month. Mm hmm. And there's four or five or six different Red Sonia books being published by Dynamite at any one given time. So you have to be of discerning taste. And right. uh, it does not get more discerning than, you know, the creator who had one of the best runs on the character in recent memory coming back for one more run.
0: I, I agree.
1: Yeah. Uh, So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done before, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, or the current ongoing smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues where I am reading the mid to late 2000s run of Jonah Hex from Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. And Todd is reading the no longer much maligned, now just partially maligned Spider-Clone saga.
0: Right. And my issue was the return of Amazing Spider-Man 407 um, Sand Trap. Wonder what character could possibly be in this one. Um, So Wild Whip
1: is it? Wild Whip.
0: I'm hoping there's a chance he might be back soon. Um, So this starts off with Jonah uh, wanting pictures and finding out who the new, like, if the new Spider-Man in the new costume is the same as the old Spider-Man, kind of a deal. While that's going on, the same thing with the Human Torch. He's like, want to find out if this is the real Spider-Man or somebody's, you know. Impersonating him, so he does a fire sky riding. Is like, hey, meet me at the usual place at at six o'clock. Um, so now we have blonde haired Ben Riley working at the coffee shop that was established in the last issue I read, and uh, he's in there thinking about like, oh, like, uh, am I going to go see the Juma Torch? Is he going to kind of like the whole thing? This isn't the person he's known for the last five years. How is this going to work out? Um, while that's going on, uh, Silver Sable has hired the Sandman to, like, uh, basically lead, train her, her group of commandos. I forget what they were actually called. There was a, a
1: the name. Wild the, the, the Wild you. Pack. How dare you?
0: Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. basically they show up and Sandman makes short work of them, like, in the train. he's Like, you know, oh, they taking out in 15 seconds. You know, give me some time. I can get them up to, you know, uh, 20 seconds. Um and she ends up you know, saying we're gonna go out and we're gonna run some, you know, uh, research and development about uh Spider-Man. I want to see what's going on with him too. Everybody's very interested in this this new Spider-Man. Then we get to a scene, so now Spider-Man meets, and I'm using air quotes, uh human torch, and the human torch wants none of it. He doesn't believe it's him and he just burns him alive, Joe. Kills Spider-Man, end of the clone saga. We could stop here. But wait it's really Mysterio using the chip that he had stolen a while back or whatever. Um, he's creating new illusions where he doesn't need, you know, the the elaborate uh, sets and things that he does. Now he can just use his own thoughts to project his fantasies. Um, so new Mysterio kind of a deal. Um, then we get uh, Ben uh, going to see, Uh, Trainer, because he's in a coma, so that must have happened in between uh, issues, right, Joe? That
1: That was during the two-month break that we took where all the Scarlet Spider adventures were happening in virtual reality, as uh, Ben says there. Oh, Trainer, you're trapped in virtual reality. Are you just walking around aimlessly, or are you you okay? I hope he's okay. I have a feeling that he's going to come out of that coma when it's time to finally wrap this storyline up for good. Oh
0: wow, okay. Call it a hunch. Go. Call it a hunch. So um Peter or Ben, I'm sorry. Ben is going to the Statue of Liberty to meet uh Human Torch and uh Silver Sable and Sandman kind of know that's where he's going to be, so they they get on the boat too cuz they know he can't swing over. Um so they end up meeting and they have a big fight and in the end like it's him just basically testing for so silver sable can see she ends up saying um uh well actually while they're fighting the human torch shows up and they they go through like the big rigmarole of the battle and in the end silver sable's like all right you're a pretender but you're just as good if you want to work for me um uh you can he's like "Ah, i don't know if i want to and human torch is like well if you're a pretender explain it to me and ben's like i don't have to explain it to nobody uh human torch says well i'm going to be keeping an eye on you and basically while that's going on that one woman who's the uh, photographer is taking pictures and she's going to be the new peter parker who takes photos of uh spider-man end of end of first issue yeah um
1: so this is just more of a world building of ben's new life right um reintroductions or introductions to some of the new characters right reestablishing some of Ben's relationships that he's going to need to handle or deal with or so forth um you have the guy at the coffee shop who works at the Daily Bugle is the entertainment reporter
0: okay so i didn't um, get all that from this issue because
1: well he's the one who's having conversation as he's reading the newspaper Uh, and says about would hooting the blowfish be as successful as they are today if they were just called Darius and friends
0: oh timely reference
1: very timely reference Um, so my biggest um, problem with this issue is Todd I don't know if you noticed the writer of this issue
0: oh the great Tom DeFalco you know who used to write the amazing Spider-Man issues Jammed Maddie's, yeah Oh, so.
1: Yeah, end of an era, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think we're gonna see JM back on these books anytime soon.
0: Well, he's coming back this year.
1: <laughs> he's gonna get to tell the Ben Riley stories that he wanted to tell all those years ago.
0: When editorial was holding down Wild Whip, Joe.
1: I will say this. If J I will buy I will absolutely buy the second appearance of Wild Whip. I already own the first. <laughs> right. So that I now myself could be the Michael Jordan of Wild Whip collecting.
0: Right. And hopefully they'll actually give Wild Whip a costume instead uh, of a, uh, you know, a loser schmock.
1: I have so many unrelated things to bring up to you, but I always forget them. I Okay. I'm surprised nobody, well, somebody might have stooged it off, but we'll talk about it later. Okay. I have to write down something.
0: Okay. I don't have a pen, so I don't have anything to write down. I forgot one.
1: You forgot your pencil?
0: Mm
1: hmm. Luckily, I have something to write on. All right. So, uh, my book that I read this week uh, was Jonah Hex number 50, as mentioned, uh, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, uh, with art by uh, legend in the comic book industry, one of the most recognizable artists, I would say, uh, in Darwin cook rest in peace uh issue is entitled the great silence so i think oh is this going to be our silent issue but it's not Mm -hmm. uh the issue does start out as many a jonah adventure does where jonah is uh busting up some banditos or so forths uh he gets an assist from tallulah black uh they go to collect their bounty and then uh they have a roman a romantic rendezvous. rendezvous. Uh, Tallulah Black leaves before the sun comes up, and a uh, man comes to Jonah and offers him uh, a, a hefty bounty, if you will. Uh, referring to my notes here, a bunch of names that I wrote down. Um, again, not whether these names mean a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's fifty bounties uh, on this uh, man. Uh, Arlen, Arlen Miston, who is right. an oil man, an oil magnate of some kind. Uh, and the 50 bounties are on people that have caused him, uh, property damage, uh, extortion, and even the life of his youngest son. Right. And, uh, Jonah's like, well, you know, he's kind of like, uh, doesn't sit right with me, an oil man. Um... You know, I usually charge $3,000, you are only charging 2000 a man, and the guy's like, well, you know, uh, if you bring a whole bunch in at once, maybe we could work out a deal to get you that 3000 per man, and then uh, that's the end of the issue, Todd. Nothing else happens. We could move on to undepressing uh, things, right?
0: Yep. I think more stuff happens, Joe.
1: Oh, more stuff happened to the issue? Yep. Oh, um, well, um, let me continue reading my notes here. I'm turn the page. I'm pretending to turn the page. I don't know if you can hear pages turning. Right. Uh, Tallulah Bell shows up uh, in the town of Silver Spring. Um, I'm not sure if it's in Maryland. I would have went to Hagerstown. I hear it's nice this time of year.
0: You're right.
1: And she asks for directions to the nearest uh, dress shop. And the uh, local lawman there, Jim Stroman, is a little leery of uh, someone looking the way Tallulah Black does. Uh, scarred up face. Black clothes, pistol on her hip, eye patch, the whole thing. And this is where uh, Tallulah Black essentially says, like, well, you're judging – essentially, you're judging me the way that I'm dressed. I've lived a really bad life. I want to get away from it. And the best way that I could do this is, is just kind of change who I am, what I look like, um, and so forth. So the sooner you can point me to the dress shop, the sooner I could not outrun my past, but kind of hope it never finds me again. Right. So that's exactly what she does. Now, while this is going on, uh, Jonah has been killing off many of these 50 men, and there's down to about 30 left, give or take. So they get together and uh, they decide that they're going to formulate a plan. Uh, Obviously, since they're all scattered out, if they all work together, um, if they go to Silver Spring, unrelated uh, to whatever Tallulah is doing, and eventually Jonah Hacks will be on the lookout for them, not knowing that they've all convened there, and it's a small town, there's only one lawman, we could take it over easily, and uh, all we just need to do is kind of wait things out in about three months We'll be able to get the drop on Jonah Hex. You mm-hmm. know, work together, right? Right. So Tallulah Black now, no longer wearing black, is wearing white, uh, even a white eye patch. And uh turns out she's pregnant, Todd. Yep. Turns out she's pregnant. Um, I might have skipped those pages, but I'm not really sure how that could have happened in a uh, comics code approved uh, book <laughs> like this.
0: It might have been in that saloon earlier in the issue, Joe. Might, might have been, been,
1: might have been. Might have happened off panel. Right. So, uh, Jim Stroman, uh, helps Tallulah build her a little house off the property limits of the town, you know, kind of, uh, a ways from thing. And, uh, you know, she's more like Jonah than, uh, she would let on, right? hmm And, uh, while Jonah is out doing his whatever's, um, a man comes upon Jonah while Jonah is enjoying a, a bottle and a company of a young lady. Uh, this man essentially stooges off to Jonah, the plan of the 30 men at Silver Spring. Right. While this is happening, uh, they're coming to town, guns ablazes, ready to take things over to wait out Jonah. Jim Strowman is taking an in labor, uh, Talula Black. Somewhere to have the baby, a doctor, something. And uh, there was an old lady in town. Uh, You know, as an old lady does. Like, oh, look at you, you're pregnant, let me touch your belly. This sort of things. But, Todd, wouldn't you know it, it's the 1800s. And this old lady has very bad intentions because she thinks, and maybe rightfully so, uh, Tallulah Black and her demon child, whoever would have sired such a child with her, Uh, Is what has befallen this horrible thing to happen to the town.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, before uh, this woman gets the opportunity to uh, cut the baby out from Tallulah. She has the baby, does Tallulah. And uh, this woman makes off with it. Right. Uh, However, Jonah being tipped off to this plan, knowing to come and get these people in Silver Spring. He saves Tallulah from whatever happened to her. And uh, in the midst of whatever Jonah's up to, Jonah says, I'm going to go get your baby back for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where Tallulah lets Jonah know that the child was his. And uh, we have this bit of back and forth between the two of them. And I'm not going to do the, you know, how how they speak. Uh, Tallulah says, in your heart, you knew what I did was right. You wouldn't have wanted the child anyway. To which Jonah responds, I was never offered the option. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for you, Tallulah. I was figured we'd meet up again. This turn of event has soured me on us. I'll save the child, but from here on out, we're done as friends, and we're done as lovers. hmm Jonah goes across town and makes it, or goes across town town goes to the train uh follows the woman abigail who has the baby was able to track her down to a jail cell of course because they were able to get her on the child but sadly the child has died mm-hmm. um jonah is going to shoot abigail the woman while she's in the cell the sheriff, the lawman, or whomever says, no, no, we need to do this the right way. We have a dozen people that are going to testify that this woman is guilty. Um, you know, she's going to die. She's going to hang. We need to see that she sees uh, her due trial. Uh, Jonah, in a scuffle with the man, goes to shoot her, but misses and hits the uh, the bars in the cell, mm-hmm. which Abigail t- takes as a sign from God that she's being saved. Uh, The lawman does step outside for a moment to allow Jonah to do whatever it is that he needs to do. Jonah returns to Silver Spring, maybe behind schedule, maybe ahead of schedule, with 30 men waiting for him. Throws a stick of dynamite in the saloon, blows up the rest with a Gatlin gun. And Jonah has claimed all 50 bounties that he was set out to do, but not before... Maybe the most harrowing last page in my recent comic book reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Tallulah in her house. There's no words. She notices something outside. We see a horse galloping away. We see Tallulah looking at something and left doorstep. A little coffin. Jonah and her baby inside. Yep. The end tough issue holy cow um this issue uh was a straight hot rocket to the top 10 of my favorite single issues of a comic book i've ever read in my life
0: exactly and you can kind of see why i wanted you to go in completely cold yeah right so Th- this is a tough one man Oh, yeah. And uh, like even the bit like there's one part like because there's a lot going on in here where Tallulah was stabbed by the woman and she ends up meeting the little girl that's deaf to bring it back around like the cemetery man's busy. I'm like this issue is so good. And even like like Darwin Cook's art is amazing. Sometimes I I feel like, you know, like in, in this, it worked even with how dark this issue is, like even the cartoony stuff, which you know Darwin Cook is amazing. I was like, I didn't didn't know if it could work, but when he draws that little coffin at the end, you're just like, and Jonah telling her it is over. Um, and I feel that this is the last issue. This is the last meeting. Take away All Star Western, which was New Fifty Two, because they meet up again. This this is it. There was we're at the end of the road for both Jonah and Tallulah. No more. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so. um, But yeah, this is a great issue. Just yep. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was heart-wrenching. It was uh, beautifully uh, told. Mm-hmm. And I think you make a great point in saying the art on this. I think if it was any other Jonah artist, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it would have the same oomph, I guess i think maybe it
0: would have been too dark
1: yes it would have been like it would have been like oh
0: my god i just want to do something horrible you know what i mean
1: yeah so i think maybe the darwin cook lighter art style lulls you into a false sense of security Mm -hmm. um for better or for worse right right uh but this was an amazing issue
0: right uh, just two quick things like you said yes because the book starts out with like cannons pointed at outhouses and like the goofy like you know hunting down stuff and then it turns into that and one as of like last year during covid i almost had a page from this oh boy yes and it was money joe and i was like this is like you said top 10 this is one of the greatest issues that I've ever read one of the best issues of Jonah Hex and it was one of them where he's in the he's in the the prison with the woman who's who took the baby and the the, the sheriff's trying to stop him and he just shoves him and pulls the gun and that's the last shot of him like just and I'm like oh my god I want this but the guy uh, didn't want to sell it at the time he was thinking about selling it I, I made him an offer and he was like, yeah. yeah. And then he just took it out like, eh, I'm not going to do it. And then like six months later, I found out he sold it to somebody else. And I was like, I would have gave you more money too. If you had asked, but I was really upset because I really wanted Darwin cook Jonah Hex, something, especially from this issue for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you
1: enjoyed it. Question mark. Oh yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite a bit, actually, um, you know, heart-wrenching as it may be. You know, it's not all right. superheroes punching each other or whatever it is. Sometimes you get, uh, you know, these heart-wrenching what-have-yous, you know? Right. So next couple of weeks, it's easy. Uh, Spider-Man, adjectiveless, 64, and Jonah Hex, 51. Right. Easy peasy. Uh, yep. Todd, did we have any art attacks?
0: We did have some Art Attacks, Joe. Let me bring that up really quick because I'm still verklempt from what we were talking about. From Manny Joseph, though I was not able to retweet it because he's locked. He had some Jim Starlin Kickstarter swag, so that was really nice. And also from Jesse DeYoung... um, this weekend, I got to meet Don Rosa for a second time. The guy is so kind, along with a great ex-Ducks print. I got two hardcover signed with sketches by Don, made my weekend. Beautiful stuff. Um, I do like the way when he draws the duck sketches, he puts the uh, – the little like star, like the gold uh, ink in the eyes, so they sparkle and all that stuff. I've met Don Rosa in the past. Don Rosa, one of the nicest creators, as long as you don't call him Ducktales.
1: <laughs> uh, I like that um, X Duck uh, parody cover. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That looks. That's a lot of fun. Right uh but where was he and again you know obviously we do our best to try to cover every convention as we can and you know sometimes the websites may not be the best right uh, sometimes we look for uh you know big name folks that i recognize or otherwise but if you listen to the show know of a convention coming up in your area that you're going to uh shoot me a line shoot us a line shoot someone a line and uh you know we'll make sure to you know use our voice to get that information out to more folks you know yep uh so todd while we're over at longboxheroes.com yes how's everyone doing in the pigskin pickems
0: everybody's doing fantastic uh i think i might be very near the top which is the most important aspect of it um i think i'm tied one of the people tied for second um, and I am. I'm one of three people tied for second. But there is one of the ESPN fan names uh, who is number one. If you are number one, let us know who you are. Yes. Um, we would like to, you know, get give you your, your credit each week uh, uh, because we just can't give ESPN fan out there because there are several in the group with different numbers. But congratulations on being number one week two. Um, I hope I can rectify that. Also, I, the, the, uh, the interface with the website is absolutely terrible, Joe.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, we've been fielding tech support questions uh, in regards to this, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, I um, am at a five-way tie for 30th place out of 48 people. Right. Uh, and I am tied with at least three people that actually watch and follow football. So I don't know what that says about me and what that says about them.
0: I don't know um well you know maybe maybe well at least words is under you so
1: uh not uh uh, again not mathematically eliminated yet but very close
0: right week three you'll be mathematically eliminated
1: yes uh but you know there's still time to sign up uh if you haven't if you have signed up Don't forget to do your picks. Sadly, you have to do your picks manually every week. You cannot just do the auto pick, which I like to do uh, when my kids stop doing my picks for me. And you have to make sure that when you click, uh, the box that you're clicking on turns a different color uh, because sometimes the ESPN, ESPN website doesn't like when you click on it.
0: I totally agree. I almost lost a couple of picks myself. I was like, "Wait a minute at the end because I double check every Thursday. I was like, 14 of 16, made. because it will let you know. There's yep. a there's a thing on there that says how many of how many you've made." So, yeah. Sorry for anybody who missed out, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
0: give I'm going to give Disney a call right after we re-
1: finish recording. Right. This is like at least in the top 5 things on their priorities. Yes. So while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com as well, be sure to check out our store where you can purchase shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, my wife was wearing one of the shirts this weekend, and uh, my niece thought it was funny that I had a shirt for myself. And oh, I said, has- I share a shirt with someone. I share right. a
0: shirt. Right. So it was one of ours. You mean? Yes. Oh, cool. I'm glad. Uh, Never mind. I'm not going to finish that sentence. But anyway. All
1: right. Uh, if you uh, want that logo or logos inspired by this show long heroes after dark adults with wrestling final wrestling place hit my music you can head over to our t public store which is found at tinyurl.com slash and their sale starts as you're listening to this 35% off any and all items and you can get those designs on anything from cell phone covers to notebooks to throw pillows and all things in between all right Another way that you can help us out is by signing up for a Patreon. For $5 a month, you can get two bonus shows a month from Todd and myself. One is Previewing the Past, where Todd and I look at the previews catalog 30 years ago that month to see what the comic book industry looked like. Uh, We are nearing the uh, launch of Image Comics. Yes. Right around the corner. First
0: appearances and everything.
1: And also, on the Patreon, I put up the full scans of the issues of previews that we have.
0: Right. So you can peruse Uh, them, too.
1: Yep. If you want to look at them, you want to follow along as we do the episode, or if you're just fascinated to see what was being solicited when and how back then. I think they're fascinating relics, and, uh, you know, we paid for them, so we could essentially do whatever we want with them, right?
0: I totally agree.
1: Uh, The other show that you get is... uh, six never seen movies. Uh, Todd assigns me six movies I've never seen. I assign Todd six movies he's never seen. And we alternate months. Uh, we need to figure out what the 2022 movie project is going to be. We are hot off the tails of the Ricky O story of Ricky episode. <laughs> arguably the best movie I've assigned so far. I think definitely arguably, yes. Okay. I'll argue with anyone that uh, I, that movie is. Uh, I'll argue with anyone that Ricky is tops. Okay. And, of course, you also get uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, like, three days before everyone else, so you can get these shows in the correct listening order. Right. Another way that you can help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your Amazon purchases through our Amazon affiliate link, which is the banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra. Uh, They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the advertising fee. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past month include somebody purchased the paperback of Jack Hightower, whatever that is.
0: I think that's the further adventures of Bubba Smith's character from Police Academy movie.
1: Oh, interesting. I don't know. I I would definitely like to check that out. Right. Somebody also purchased a printer cable, like an actual physical printer cable. So I'm glad uh, someone other than me still likes things connected by wires as opposed to going by Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or however the hell it is things get connected.
0: I thought that was uh, Cyclops' son who likes to make books. That's printer cable. Hmm.
1: (sighs) Need new writers. Maybe withhold the writer's bonus this week, huh? Okay, okay. Uh, somebody purchased greenies, feline smart bits, uh, snack treats for your cat. Right. Our new cat just had his birthday this past weekend. Oh, what'd you get him? Uh, we left the house for several hours and he had the full run of the joint.
0: Oh, that's my favorite gift to get.
1: I was telling my son and all of his friends that since it was the cat's birthday, we were going to invite all the neighborhood cats over for a party. hmm And whatever one stayed, we get to keep.
0: Oh, there you go. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, somebody also purchased a Transformers Toys Cyberverse Deluxe Class Megatron action figure. Mm. And it comes with some sort of build a figure piece, which is the thing that all these uh, toy lines do. It's like, no, 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 I just want the one figure I like. But the entire set is going to have a piece of another figure that you like. So you have to buy the whole set.
0: Right. It's a oppor- figure opportunity, Joe.
1: Yeah. When I get those figures like that, and I'm not getting the whole set, I just throw that other piece out. It's like <laughs> I, I don't need a sugar man arm. I'm just throwing that in the garbage. Oh,
0: sugar man! Does sugar man even have arms? I don't know. Uh, he does. He
1: little grabby arms. Okay. I know hot figure from whatever set he's the builder figure from, where like his face is one of the things. Like, his face is one of the build-a-figure pieces, right?
0: Not too creepy.
1: Right. So, if you want to display that figure mint in box, it looks like a nightmare because it has this (laughs) giant Sugar Man face behind the character that you want. Right, right. So, that's enough of Toy Talk here. Uh, Hey, another thing. Uh, Amazon is doing a deal where uh, you could sign up for a three-month free trial if you're eligible uh for amazon music unlimited or audible premium plus uh if you sign up for either one of those free trials through our link uh we get three bucks on the amazon music we get five bucks on the audible premium and even though it's a three-month free trial if you sign up on a monday and cancel on a tuesday we still get that money
0: right deja vu
1: so yeah you know we had some time to kill on the other show, so.
0: No, I gotcha.
1: It's almost like I'm reading from a script, too, you know? <laughs> right. The script is my mind. Oh, So, I think that's it for the main show. I didn't forget anything else, did I? Not that I can think of. All right. Let's get into TV talk. Right. But before we do, just as a sidebar. It was discussed on "Adults with wrestling this past week. And I forget how we even came up on the topic of. It may have been Adam talking about stuff that he had CGC'd, right? Okay. You and I not CGC type p- folks, you know,
0: I have a few because I bought them that way. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Um, I was thinking to myself and Adam was like looking in to see how many were out there. Oh, it was Adam had purchased a CGC of the issue one of the first Gambit limited series. Okay. Or he was looking to purchase it, right? And he was going to purchase it like two, three years ago when the price was high, but not crazy high. Mm -hmm. But now the price is crazy high. On everything. Right. On everything. Uh, So I was saying that the one, can you guess what the one book that I would get CGC it is.
0: Um, is it something, uh, c- it, it, let me just have a clue of narrowing it down. Is it something that's very old or something that's newer?
1: I would say within the last 20 years.
0: Hmm. Well, if before today,
1: uh, let's say last 25 years, how about last? No,
0: 25? I got you. I would say if, if, if you know, before, t- cause today happened, so it's not Jonah hex 50. Um, I'm going to go with, I don't know the number off the top of my head, Uh, that Captain Cold
1: issue. Yep, exactly. Uh, Adam did have a good guess, though. Uh, Thunderbolt's number one, because of how much I love that run. That
0: is a good guess.
1: Yeah, uh, but yes, it would be Flash 182. That's the number, yes. And he looked up on uh like the cgc site to see how many there were out there you know how you could check that sort of thing
0: yeah the registry or whatever yeah
1: yeah yeah and there's very few of them out there right Mm
0: -hmm. they should have a registry of the people who buy them that's all i'm gonna say but go (laughs) ahead
1: and uh the one copy that's on ebay is for eight hundred dollars okay wait the reason it's eight hundred dollars is
0: it's signed by stanley
1: Close.
0: Okay. Dan Lee?
1: (laughs) I would buy it signed by Dan Lee. (laughs) I'll get you one signed by Dan Lee at the next show he's at that I'm at. But go ahead. Wait, I bought this for $800, and now Dan Lee signed it. It's only worth $4. What happened? But no, so it's a a Mm
0: 9.6,
1: and it's signed by uh, Worth Miller and Grant Gustin. Oh, Cap and Flash? Yeah. So you bought it, right? No. Oh. I would, if anything, I would, if I was going to get a signed one, it'd be signed by Jeff Johns and Scott Collins. Uh, If I was going to get it, I, you know, I would not care uh, if it, you know, I'd prefer it unsigned. Right. But... Out there, so what I may start doing is if and when I start going to conventions again, I might start collecting up as many as I can right of the unslabbed version of that issue, just mm-hmm. so I have the most of that one issue and then figure out which one I'm gonna send to get slabbed
0: right, right, and i when you say if you go to con- you're never going to cons again
1: maybe you never know I go no. Not this year. Not this no, year. No, I know. It's just it's just tough getting you to go. Well, listen, it's the Baltimore ends up being the same weekend this year as the uh LVAC show.
0: Right? Right? Which you and, probably wouldn't have gone to anyway because of you and then you were you had vacation maybe planned. Right. You had a rough October going.
1: It it it, it, it hasn't gotten much better. Okay. But I just wanted to get that out of the way here at the end of the show. Now, let's get into TV talk. Uh, Todd, I'm going to ask you to handle these star girl chores.
0: Yep, yep. Um, the latest episode starts out with um, basically Be- like uh, different of the characters of the young JSA. Like uh, Beth, who's trying to get her parents back together uh, by giving them you know, different itineraries that's going to rekindle the romance. Young sportsmaster shows up, uh, Artem- Artemis, yes, shows up and says, like, I know what you did and you you guys ended up ruining my parents. So, like, I, I'm going to get you back. And she ends up leaving. Then Wildcat, while she's working in the diner, um, Kitty Fiddler shows up and he ends up, like, saying, like, I even though they didn't kill his parents because it was actually Icicle. Um, he's like, you know, I know what happened to my father. And I blame, I blame you. And, and, uh, she's like, I don't, I don't understand, but, uh, you know, later on they'll, they'll put it together. Um, uh, uh, let's see, as this goes on, Cindy or not Cindy, uh, Stargirl and Pat are cleaning up the, uh, the artists, the teacher's office that he destroyed with all the paint. Cause they're trying to get clues and they end up finding, a painting that he had drawn with Cindy with the black stone. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, Jim. No, wait, diamond. And, uh, Oh boy. She, right. They're like, what's this? And Icicle son shows up. Who's like, you know, interested in, in Stargo and she's interested in him. And he's like, Oh, well she was here the other day. And, uh, they're like, Oh, I thought she left town. I'm like, no. So now they, they put things together that, you know, it's Cindy who's who's do- doing all this. And in a really cool moment, they end up like both uh, reciting the same things that they have to do and they're gonna meet up at the pit stop. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like they're starting to you know her patent and, and, and Stargo are on the same page. Um, they go off. Uh, while this is happening, Mike is looking for a project. To, to do something with his father, and it's got to be something that's not, you know, a car. So he ends up going to the junkyard. And I love the gag with the stop signs being marked down from Thunderbolt that, that were there. So he ends up uh, meeting Cindy, and Cindy's like, oh, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm creating a new group. He's like, not joining you. And she goes, whoa, whatever, thinks you, whatever makes you think you would join, which I thought was a great thing because we were led to believe it. She's like, you're bait. And she ends up uh, kidnapping him. While that's going on, Pat goes back to the pit stop before Stargo gets there. And uh, Sportsmaster and Fiddler are there. Uh, and they end up. Like just wrecking him with in some cool shots with like the way the, the the young fiddler is using the the violin and stuff. They end up just destroying him and knocking him out. And I like the fact that Sportsmaster says we're not going to kill him because he's my father's friend. I was like, interesting take on friend. Um, so they end up destroying Stripe uh, and you know just wrecking him and, and leaving him there. He ends up going to the hospital. Uh, Courtney ends up meeting meeting them there And says she, she shouldn't have split up uh, They get the call From Cindy Who's like meet me At the cafeteria tonight And we're going to hash this out And she's like give me back my brother He's like no 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 I'm going to destroy everybody you love Little by little Until you're the last one And I'm like okay that's cool So she ends up getting uh, The Justice Just Society together Goes there while that's going on, I can't think of her name. Amy Smart's character um, decides that she's going to call Shade because, you know, she doesn't know what to do in this situation. The Shade shows up and he's like, oh, like, you know, my, my daughter's going out to fight. He's like, what does this got to do with me? She's like, well, the girl she's going to fight has the gem. That piques Shade's interest. Um, they go like they, they meet up in the cafeteria, JSA versus the young ISA. And in a great battle. This is one of my favorite episodes so far this year. They just go to town on each other, just knocking. Just the 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 young fiddler doing cool things. Sportsmaster, uh, our man, the greatest actor in the history of our time, like just bouncing store uh, sportsmaster through like all the bathroom stuff. Um, And in this, you know, I'm like, this can't get any better. Then shade shows up, top hat and sunglasses. I lose my mind. I mark out. He's going at it. We find out, uh, uh, Eclipso gets out of the diamond, um, because Stargirl uses her staff, which was maybe the plan all along for Eclipso to be released from the diamond, um, ends up busting up shade, uh, kills young Fiddler. So we lost another Fiddler and ends up sucking, uh, Cindy into this black abyss. And, uh, that creates he gets all kind of powerful creates an eclipse runs off and he's in the little body that he was in the beginning of the series as bruce gordon i believe this little kid in a creepy like skip along thing going through the town now shades down eclipse loose god only knows what's going to happen next this was my favorite episode of the season
1: yeah, I got little uh, to complain or lament about with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I And again, it wouldn't even be a nitpick, but I would just say um, maybe the Fiddler's not dead, per se. Maybe he's off in whatever dimension that the – like, Dr. Midnight is, right? I,
0: I, I tend to agree, but I think that's where Cindy is. Okay. She's alive. Fiddler's dead, a la Cindy's stepmother. Anytime, anytime they disintegrate them, they get killed, she was sucked into a black portal. Two different things.
1: Okay. That's my opinion anyway, but I get what you're saying. And I need to see him a little bit better, but always in my mind, uh in the comics, I always saw eclipse that was like kind of like a little bit more lanky. Yes. And he was very beefy here. And I get why he was beefy. He needs to be imposing. He needs to be threatening a physical presence as opposed to, you know, what have you, um, nitpicks, nothing that would deter me from the enjoyment of this episode.
0: I agree with you on him being lanky, not agree with you that this way should look, but he was always portrayed that way until Bart Sears was drawing him in the Eclipso. uh, I, th- I want to say that Eclipso darkness within bookends with the diamond. And then he did some of the ongoing series that ran out of that where, uh, Bart Sears was like, remember brutes and babes from wizard and everything he had, he had Eclipso on steroids in that. So I think they're going with, um, that look because that's where this storyline kind of this, some of the stuff that they're going, because he had a run in with both Beth and I'm trying to think who the other character was. Uh, and Wildcat, both the both the female characters in this, happen in uh, Darkness Within. So there's something there. So I think they're doing the Bart Sears look, which I'm fine with.
1: Right. Again, like I said, I'm fine with. Uh, don't hate it. But again, I just like, nah, I wish she was a little skinnier.
0: Right. And I just thought the way they shot Stargirl flying around on the staff, like almost first person kind of a thing it was really cool. There was nothing not cool about this this episode. But anyway, for sure.
1: And I think what we only got two episodes left for the season, three episodes? Uh I I
0: know altogether it's I want to say 13 episodes.
1: Oh really? Oh then we got more.
0: Yes, I mean cuz it's 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 not a long season. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like all the other C, like the WB shows. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know what? I think it's two seasons to, uh, 10 episodes each now that okay. I'm looking it up.
1: So there's three more left.
0: You're going to hate me again. If Wikipedia's right, it's 13 a season. Okay.
1: And I'll stop now
0: before I change the number again.
1: <laughs> all right. So, um, Obviously, we're gonna discuss the why the last man television show. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into deep dives on the previous three episodes. We're just kind of kind of deal with the three episodes as they are. Right. And just kind of tell the stories, the threads, the plot lines, the whatever's as we uh were introduced to everyone here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's think on how we could do this.
0: Right, because it is a long three issues altogether. Three right. episodes.
1: Three episodes. Uh, okay, so let's kind of work it this way, maybe from, like, least important to most important, let's say. Okay. Okay. Uh, kind of work our way backwards from there. So... Uh we have Hero yes. and Sam. Right. Hero, uh Yorick's sister, the daughter of the now president, played by Diane Lane. Uh they have a group of people that are getting ready to go to Vermont. And for whatever reason, Hero is kind of dragging her feet on things. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to go with the group, um, she also is the one who had the liaison with her fellow EMT right before everything happened, and it, of lovers' rage, they killed the guy literally seconds before every other man in the world died. Mm-hmm. So there is a spot in New York uh, where, if you are a survivor, you can go and make claim or redeem, or something, your lost partner. Your lost man, if you will. Uh, While Hero is there, uh, she happens to notice and put the pieces together that this woman who is frantically looking for her man is the woman of the man that she was cheating with. Uh, So Hero uh, goes to the ambulance. Uh, We see that guy all decayed up and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. she goes and gets his license so she can give it to him give it to her and then the woman who is alone with the child kind of laughs and breathes a sigh of relief uh knowing that she wasn't crazy her husband in fact was cheating on her but takes solace in the fact that her husband was not alone when everything happened
0: that is a great scene yes and though I think you would say that she was, like, you said that she she meets her there. I think she was going there waiting for her to show up. You think so? Oh, yes, because the, the lady, like, she was there stalking her. Because she literally says, I've seen you here before. And it's going to lead to, as we get into Hero, Hero just makes the worst choices. And that's, she is just there to... To, to confront the wife of the EMT. My opinion anyway. Okay. Um,
1: and again, we could argue that one, right?
0: Right. I'm not going to argue. That's just my opinion.
1: Okay. So from there, um, Hero and Sam are left behind by... Uh, their group Mm -hmm. and hero, uh, she is being searched for, um, by her mother. Her mother sends out search parties as they are evacuating New York, specifically looking for her, suggesting, of course, that what everyone else thinks that her son, Yorick, has passed. Mm -hmm. So, um, Sam who is a transgender person, which is why they are alive during all of this. Right. And it's not one of those things they beat you over the head with. Uh, There was the bit from one of the episodes where the rest of the group that they're with leaves Sam with little to no testosterone. uh, testosterone. There's a bit that says uh, every man has died, question mark, every man with a Y chromosome. Again, why the last man? His name begins with Y for Yorick. It's poetry, so it rhymes. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And also, Hero doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to go see her mother.
1: Right. So that's the other thing. So that's why she's dragging her feet with all of this is because she knows how overbearing her mother is and has been to her. They have had the contentious relationship. And uh, now, with the way that the world is, Hero fears for how that will go. In their travels, they come upon a barn that has a working car uh, in it. Sam wants to go immediately. Uh, Hero says, no, no, we should sleep the night. And while Sam is sleeping, Hero goes out there and does something to the car. So the next morning it does not work. Right. Further impending their doom, further delaying their path to wherever it is that they're going.
0: And Sam even figures it out Because yes. he just knows In another heartbreaking moment
1: You know what yes. I mean So while they are going around uh, These two Hero uh, and Sam Bump into Nora Who was <laughs> one of the living pre- Then male living president's aides And her daughter um, She Nora was very hardworking, Very devoted to her job She finds her husband and son dead in their beds. She attempts to get in to whatever constitutes for the White House these days, but is turned away by military as she is not on the list. And she is not doing well with everything that's going on. They go back to their house. And uh, her daughter, obviously also not dealing with things very well, goes to chase some crows away from the dead body of her father and brother trips and gets like a big cut infection or something on her leg. Right. In an icky sound it made too. Yes. So while Nora is trying to take her daughter Mackenzie to her sister, who is a doctor when they get there, she is not there any longer. Hero and Sam come upon them. And uh hero is elevated many times from being a ambulance worker to an EMT, to a doctor back around again. As they also are um, accosted by another group of women. Um, they are brought back to somewhere uh, saying, like, hey, we could save her. She's a doctor, not a doctor. One of their compatriots had been shot. Uh, Hero does everything that she can. Uh, they're not able to save the woman. The leader of this group comes in and just shoots the woman that they are trying to save. Before she does. Uh, any of this does whisper something to Nora, and uh, lets Nora and Sam, and Hero and Mackenzie into their group. They are stored up in the back room of a fully stocked grocery store that seems to have electricity as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, before they do, Nora gives Hero the Iggy because Hero had given Nora fake names. She just gives her the Iggy and says, "Don't let them know who your mother is."
0: Right, because I know you're the president's daughter because I worked in the White House. Yes. Well, you know, she, you were a senator or a congresswoman, but do you know what? Do you know what the leader of the group whispered to Nora? I don't. This is my take. Once again, is she walks in and she goes, whispers to Nora, "I'm going to shoot the lady on the table." That if you watch the scene, that gives Nora a chance to cover up the daughter's ears and bring her close to her chest so she won't see her kill the woman. Gotcha. That's at least, now it could be something down the line, but that's what I took from that scene.
1: Right. So let's go to uh, the presidency, the White House, whatever, where uh, Diane Lane's character, Jennifer Brown, is in charge. Uh, trying to work on th- things, trying to get things moving, much discussion of how this ended up happening, specifically citing one person wasn't able to take the job because they were not a natural-born United States citizen. Another was not able to take the job because their plane or helicopter or whatever uh, was lost at sea and they are not ha- not have been heard from. So there could have been at least two people above Jennifer taking things over. But let's tell the way that things work, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is at the end of one of the episodes where it is found out that Regina, uh, one of the people that were on that list who was thought to be dead, survived. She's in Tel Aviv. She was in a coma. She had severe brain swelling. And then they, once she comes out of the coma and starts to regain her consciousness and regain her wits. The first thing that she says is, I'm the president of the United States, once they tell her what has happened.
0: And they establish that she may be a wild card because she was just appointed by the president yes. to get points with her, uh, with his constituency. But she has no leading leader ability and is probably not like just the worst person for leading. So the the people back at the White House are or, or wherever
1: they're stationed are like, if she's alive, we got problems. Yeah. And this is where a lot of the taking place in 2021 that I lamented about last week kind of helps because they can say all these different buzzwords that you would know today watching the show and say, okay, that's why this person should not be in office, right? Right, right. So also while this is going on, the actual president's daughter, uh, Kim, is still there with uh, her mother, the first lady. And she is lamenting because she now no longer has a place. She had a very comfy life with her family, her 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 son or her three sons, and her husband. Uh, she was the president's daughter, and now she has nothing. The mother seems to be taking things somewhat poorly, but the mother just wants to go home. She wants to be able to bury her son at home. But Jennifer, president, is not letting her leave.
0: Mm-hmm. Trying and, to do
1: so in the nicest way possible.
0: And there's a great scene where she's like, you know, let's just drink together. She's like, I'm busy. The president's like, and she's like, well, did you send somebody for your daughter? And she's like, uh, no. And there's a great scene where it kind of shows the differences in the character. Where, she, where the, 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 the ex, uh, wife, or the wife of the, the original president is like, I would have sent the army, the navy, the air force, and the marines to get my kid. And you didn't kind of a deal. And it kind of shows on Diane Lane's face. Like maybe she did sacrifice a little bit of parenting to get to where she is, if you will. It's it's really done well as far as I'm concerned.
1: So I take it that way, but I also take it in the way of uh, Diane Lane's character c- could have done all those things. However, being newly appointed into this huge position... The first action that she does is, is exonerate all or or send all of these depleting resources to save one person. Oh,
0: I'm with you. I yeah. agree. But then she ends up sending. The, isn't it after that? That's when she says three sends three fifty five to go get her. Yes. So you know what I'm saying. So it's but interesting. again,
1: that's just one person. I'm with you. Uh so we have to come back to Kim the president's the the past president's daughter here shortly. Mhm. Because now uh we get into 355 in York. At this point they don't really get together until the end of uh uh episode 2, but at this point they're together for the rest of the show. I would assume.
0: I would say so.
1: Uh so I want to mention uh before we do anything else the actress who plays Agent 355, Ashley Romans. Is unbelievable. Yep. I don't know who this person is. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. Uh, but she gives off such an aura on this show. Uh, she gives off such a presence. Um, You know, we talked last week saying that there's a lot of like, you know, no name actors in this or actors that maybe we're just not familiar with. Diane Lane, of course, being the heaviest hitter of them all. But these two have so many scenes together, and Ashley Romans carries her own with a, a legitimate living screen legend. I
0: agree. I agree. And there's that weird uh, scene where she's having her dream thing, and she's the lounge singer. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that was all about, but it was a powerful s- visual anyway, you know what I mean? Because she's such a good actress.
1: Yes. So uh it's at this point where 355 attempts to uh connect with whoever she has, whatever she has left in the world. Um again, I don't remember if this was from the comic or not, where she goes to like the mailbox box, et cetera, place to open up box three fifty five, and that opens up like wherever her like secret whatever people were, and they're all dead because they were all mostly men, right? Right. Uh but Um, she has this access, she's already been inserted in as a Secret Service agent on the first day, she does let, uh, Diane Lane's character, Jennifer, know, uh, listen, I'm not Secret Service, I'm part of something called the Culper Ring, it goes much deeper than Secret Service or everything else like that, just let, you know, I'm letting you know, I am at your disposal.
0: I answer only to you.
1: Right, I answer only to you. Um... So, uh, Diane Lane sends 355 to New York with two other pilots to save Hero. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, you know, obviously, instead of sending the entire Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, sending, like, your most capable person, even though it's someone that you only know for a few days, I think, uh, we get a bit that says we're about 63 days in at the point that, like, real big things kind of, like, start happening on a day-by-day basis, okay? Right, right. So they go there and instead of finding Hero, president's daughter, they end up finding Yorick, the president's son.
0: Right, because he's hitting there he's at the li- on one of the places that the president gives her the list like these are the places my daughter would be. And obviously here uh Yorick's looking for Hero too, so you know, but I think it was his apartment they found her at. Found her. Yeah.
1: So immediately brings York back to, and again, we're just saying the White House, the White House.
0: Right. Even though that fell. I'm just you right. Know.
1: Uh, and the two pilots end up getting locked in a debriefing room for the better part of an episode and a half.
0: Yep. And they're questioning everything.
1: Yes. They're questioning everything. Uh, I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. So, they're just asking questions, Joe. Right. Right. So, uh, obviously, Jennifer is happy to see her son, but this raises more questions than there's answers for. Why is he alive? How did he survive? And what can they do? Um, and again, we're missing a lot because it's three episodes, but we're trying to give you the, like the cliff notes to get you caught up and get us caught up so that when we watch next week's episode, we're not backtracking as much, right?
0: Right, and also there is, we find out like, what the ramifications can be. If anybody finds out that a man is alive because of something that happened in Russia, they're like somebody found out and they just, they thought it was you know, an inside
1: job, a conspiracy. Right. So, well, e- well, so even what, what actually happened was they, uh, the Russian whomever said, Oh no, all, uh, the entire Russian, whatever is alive. All 12 of them, all men, all alive. So the people stormed the Kremlin found out that they were lying and then just destroyed the Kremlin. Right, so uh, they need to do their best to hide hero, but hero also or hero Yorick, oh. but Yorick has ampersand with him, who is a mischievous capuchin monkey <laughs> who does get free, and Yorick goes to chase after him, to which uh Kim's mother, the former first lady, sees him and follows him. He's a little bit more spry than she is, and because of her. Maybe altered state they're attempting to ably convince her that maybe she saw nothing. Even though Kim certainly seems to know or think or believe her mother that she did see the president's son walking around wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Bit of a bargaining chip that Kim now has over the president. Right. So they need to get Yorick to a geneticist to figure out how he was able to survive. The president and her women have a list, but Agent 355 has a different list. And that list is someone who is selling secrets to the Afghan people that they did not consider because of that. Uh, Agent 355's reasoning for this is this is an unbiased person. This is someone who is solely devoted to the work. They're going to be uncompromised. They are going to be whatever. This is the best person that we could take him to.
0: Also, she's not on the list yes. that everybody else has. So she won't be missed if we grab her. Yes. And people won't ask questions. So it's like
1: the best of a bad situation. So they are going to fly to Boston to get Yorick to her. Um, however, Yorick just wants to find Beth. Mm-hmm. Beth probably is in Cleveland with her parents. We need to go there. But we have two
0: pilots that we have to figure out something
1: about. Well, again, those pilots, they have crucial information. They're aware that there is one man living in the world. And for their bravery in service and saving Yorick, they're both awarded the Medal of Honor. Yep. In a great scene. And now they're going to get to go on another mission.
0: And Agent uh, 355 gives him a speech like, yes, you may think it's a conspiracy that the president's son is the only one who survived, but you have the most important job. So she gives her the Captain America speech, rah, rah, rah. So they're going to definitely be on board, Joe.
1: Right. And we all need to fly to Boston together. Yorick and I are going to be in this plane, this helicopter. You guys are going to be in that helicopter over there. And, Todd, wouldn't you know who won the pony? But the helicopter that the two pilots uh, were in blew up. Shocking. Unrelated from episode one, Agent 355 is an explosives expert. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, once they get those pilots taken care of, they land and uh, because or, or daylight. So they land, the, they land the heli- helicopter and they're going to go on foot because obviously in daylight, a helicopter is going to be very conspicuous. We're foot will be much better. Mm-hmm. So it's here in episodes three and up to the end of four that I hate York and want him to die.
0: And I'm not going to say much, <laughs> but that's the reason I stopped reading Why the Last Man originally. Really? Yes. The bassist. I was reading it. I was like, "Why does Yorick always like wander out without his mask or do stupid things?" And then the other problem I had was I was like, "Oh, he's an escape artist, just so they have a uh, uh, what would you a convenient way he can always get away if he ever gets captured." And and Matt's like, "Dude, you you need to keep reading. You need. I'm not going to say anything, but you know what I mean. It's like." All the reasons that I hate him at this point, and they haven't gone into a lot of them in the show yet. He's like, it's all explained, and I'm like, okay. And I came back around, but yes, I'm in the early stages of hating York again too. I I don't remember him being that this bad in the book. Oh, it's pretty bad. He kept walking in the book. He kept, he'd be like, something would happen. And then 355 would say, stay over there. And he'd just walk out and pull the gas mask off. And he'd be like this. And they're like, you can't keep doing this. And he did it like in the first, like three storylines, like three times (laughs) each storyline. But anyway.
1: So I wish I had more time to go back and read those. Because like I said, I don't remember him doing it as much here in the TV show. And it was so frustrating and so annoying in this. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, Agent 355, after they get into an incident where they're trying to get some sort of other mode of transportation from some sort of trading, bartering, or whatever sort of things, and uh, Agent 355 is going to trade a generator and a grenade to a woman for a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. York, of course, wanders off. The former state police wives that run this bartering shop Find Yorick, Yorick with some quick goat thinking, says like, oh, I'm looking for my testosterone to try to throw them off the track that he may be trans, but doesn't matter. They're still going to kill him. Agent 355 comes and wipes all four of them out, gets them out of here and then reads Yorick the riot act and says, you got to knock this off. Everything's not like everything you lived a life up until this moment where you thought everything was about you. (laughs) and now everything is about you and you're acting like this yep you need to get it together and the fact that his whole thing is so much about finding beth and in the tv show the fact that beth is in the united states but they had that big fight before everything happened doesn't let me connect with yorick that i want to see him and beth get back together
0: right because even then he tells his mother that they're engaged and they're not yeah but the one thing I do like is when when oh, 3, uh, 355 tells York all about like yeah the world is is about you now and he goes off he goes yeah well look at you you go rambo on every situation that you need and in the end what am I going to end up like those two pilots kind of a deal and he's like you and that's when 355 realizes that York isn't as dumb as he looks and he's put together that she killed off yeah, those two pilots. And he's like, well, you know, that's so she's like "That's So they'll have two, you know, two pilots, two missing helicopters. They'll think they each stole one. I'm like written very brilliantly, if you know what I mean, like all angles are covered.
1: Right. Uh, so, again, that's as cliff notes as I can trying to jam together three hours of a television show. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything that you would like to cover? Not
0: that I can think of off the top of my head okay
1: so again i'm not retracting my statements from a week ago when i said i didn't really love the first episode because i have watching it with my 2021 mind watching these three episodes getting caught up getting the full picture the full scope of what they're doing here i'm on board i'm really enjoying the show i am too yeah um just one.
0: i I have a i feel like when the people on hulu or whatever got this show they were like this can be a walking dead like show because of the fact, like the world is shut down. So you have that post-apocalyptic thing, but then you have to worry instead of zombies killing the main character, it's women either grabbing him or using for leverage like that. Tension is there, but it's not zombies. And I honestly, as I'm watching this, I'm like, this has a very like during its peak, well-written like a walking dead feel. And like, they just copied it as far as I'm
1: concerned. But I look forward to more. Yes. So with the Walking Dead comparisons, do you think the initial – because remember we did the story way back when where however much it was that they shot, they were like, all right, we got rid of And we're redoing everything. Mm-hmm. Or this. Which one do you feel would or is or does more like – uh hulu fx trying to do their walking dad i don't know off the top of my head where i'm getting to with that is i i get your parallel it's like it's a it's a comic book it has an apocalyptic theme to it we could run this for six seasons and seven movies right was that the decision that was made first and then someone said no no we can't do it this way it's a finite series that has a beginning a middle and an end So we need to scrap whatever was setting up the six seasons in a movie thing, or were they filming it as a finite series? And then someone came in and said, we can make this our walking dead. Let's change this, this, and this, and we can make the show forever.
0: See, because of the fact that I was looking into why the last man the other day, as I was watching these, that, you know, there was all these movies and, and and chances of doing it. And they reverted to, the rights reverted to Pia and uh, and uh, Brian K Vaughn. Right, I think he's because he's in Hollywood and everything. I think he had more control over it, and I think whatever it was, they didn't like the way it worked in the beginnings, like maybe bad actors or the directors or whatever. But I think Brian would ha- had enough sense. Like this is a finite show; we're going that way. If that makes any sense, it does. Um, they just something was off about the first round. They were like, whether they the directors just wasn't directing properly or or the showrunners and Brian was like, get them out or Hulu was get them out. But I don't think what, what you were saying is like, we're going to make we're going to milk this.
1: Right. OK. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a just asking question guys now. I know. I know. But I'm looking forward to watching the next episode of this. and am looking forward to watching the next episode of Stargirl as well. Yep. And I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask how many episodes of, of Why the Last Man there is. Because I think there's only ten.
0: I think there is, too. Because I think that's what Hulu does.
1: Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for bearing with us here uh, with episode uh, 573, Longbox Heroes for Todd. This is Joe saying... Thanks for listening and see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop. You're listening to the soon to be named soon network, be. the Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of Podcast Network.